At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Here comes your midweek episode of Sports Yak number 266. Oh, you mean the Bob Feller episode? Hey, Bob Feller. Hey, Bob. Bob Feller, one of the great fastball pitchers of the 30s and 40s with the Cleveland Indians, had some great nicknames, Bullet Bob, Rapid Robert, and my favorite, the Heater from Van Meter, because oh, he's from Van Meter, Iowa. I love that. Little Bob Feller Museum in Van Meter, Iowa. If you ever drive out that way, he won 266 games in his big league career. I interviewed him once. He was a very bitter old man because he didn't make a whole lot of money in baseball. Mm. So he would go around doing autograph sessions and throwing out first pitches at minor league games and trying to keep his name out there. Bob Feller. I've heard a couple of great nicknames this week. The Hick from French Lick and, and the, the Heater, Heater from, from Van Meter. Oh, doesn't get much better than that. We've always, I've always toyed with this. I would love to do an essential top 20 sports nicknames. We've got it in 2021. Maybe that's a goal for the show. Okay. Or we can start rating, rating these different ones, you know. Rating not, nicknames? Not to get in under... Uh, you know, take away from underrated, overrated, but start rating them. Of course, we have had some pretty good nicknames in the dedications as well. Yes. My, maybe that's another project for the intern. Yeah. Oh, to go through all of those. Well, he is home. Yeah. Between classes, right? You don't want and, him jumping on Call of Duty. You want him... You want him... Oh, he's got stuff to do. Nose in the well, work. Actually, he's got a calculus final to take care of. Here in the next 24 hours. There's something I've never heard. You've got a calculus final you need to work on. Nope. Nope. But we do have episode 266, so let's get into it. Let's talk about college basketball in the great state of Indiana. It wasn't very good last night. It was good for about three quarters of the games, and then the bottom dropped out. Uh, Notre Dame had an 11-point lead in the second half on Ohio State. The Irish were moving the ball. They were cooking. And then Jawan Durham fouled out. And once Jawan Durham fouled out, Chris Holtman's Ohio State Buckeyes said, hey, Notre Dame doesn't have anybody very big down low. Let's go attack that. And so they did. And that also opened up some of the three-point shots for the Buckeyes. All of a sudden, the shots started to drop, as did the lead. Notre Dame wound up trailing 88-85. They've got the ball with about 13 seconds left, and they run a dreadful possession where Apprentice Hub basically dribbles around and then throws it off the foot of Nate Leshesky and out of bounds. And Ohio State wins it 90-85. to So the Irish had a chance against the top 25 team. How many times have we said this, though, in recent years, really since that Elite Eight team? Irish were close. 
well, that doesn't get the job done. They lose last night at Purcell Pavilion, 90-85. So Mike Bray's team falls to 1-2 and two on the year, and it doesn't get any easier as the Irish are slated to play Kentucky this weekend. Have you had a chance to actually put your eyes on this team? I watched a little bit last night. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that there is improvement in the junior class. Nate Lashesky looks better. Dane Goodwin looks a lot better. And we keep... And Prentice Hub had 26 last night. I mean, for the most part, he played well. But it's it's frustrating if you're a Notre Dame basketball fan because it seems the same story all the time. I can't tell you the last time Mike Bray's squad beat a ranked team. Can't tell you. It's something like, oh, for the last 24. So here the Irish sit at one and two. Now, Kentucky... They're still ranked, but they have they got blown out last Sunday by Georgia Tech. And I don't think Georgia Tech's that stinking good. So what's it going to be like when you take on Cal's squad on Saturday? We'll see. But that was an opportunity, playing at home last night against Ohio State, and he got him down 11. But Mike Bray cannot feel as bad today as Matt Painter does. Purdue led Miami last night in Miami 32 to 14 at halftime. At one point in the first half, they enjoyed a 20-point lead. And then not only could Purdue not score down the stretch, but they kept fouling people. And not one, not two, but three boilermakers foul out of this game. Wow. And Miami made free throws. And the Hurricanes walk away with a 58-54 win. And you talk about the fish that got away for Purdue. Could have had a nice road win, up that record to 4-1, and one, look strong. Uh-uh. Now you're 3-2 and two and you got Indiana State Saturday night. And hopefully the uh, Boilermakers can top the Sycamores in that one and up the record to 4-2. and two. But I wonder if uh, the players were just hoping that Pandemic protocol on the airplane home. You stay in your seat as opposed to, hey, coach wants to see you in the back and have a conversation. Well, that that still may have happened because that was not a that was not a good offensive effort by the Boilermakers whatsoever. To only score twenty two points in the second half. Not only that, to give up forty four. You got outscored in the second half, forty four to twenty two. That's just unacceptable for Matt Painter's squad. Didn't really move the ball that well. They do miss Jaden Ivey. They had Eric Hunter back last night on a limited basis. Chuck, is there a date when Jaden comes back? There really isn't. And that's mm. that's one of the troubling things, but that's the problem with a foot injury. You know, when can you really go on it? When can you push off and not do more damage? So you you trust the trainers and you... Hope that he can be back in time, at least for the Big Ten season. Which is when? Not not far, like a couple weeks from now. Okay. Indiana tonight? IU takes on Florida State tonight. Florida State's ranked in the top 25. IU is not yet, and they have to go to Tallahassee. So this is a really good test for Archie Miller's bunch, which has been... Well, just like the other two teams we've talked about, maddeningly inconsistent. And so can Indiana start to hit those three-point shots that they kind of build their offense around?
Can they play the kind of defense that they need to do? Because Leonard, Leonard Hamilton's Florida State teams will always come at you in waves. I mean, they just, they are relentless. They are persistent. And Indiana's going to have to come out and play a full 40 minutes, which clearly neither Notre Dame nor Purdue did last night. Let's talk about the situation, though, regarding football at Indiana and Purdue because both football programs announced yesterday they are on pause right now for COVID-related issues. And don't know if you know this or not, but Indiana and Purdue are supposed to play for the old Oaken Bucket on Saturday at 3.30 on Pulse FM. Right now, that game would appear to be in jeopardy. The Big Ten right now is just a hot piece of garbage. Ohio State and Michigan will not play this weekend because of a COVID surge at Michigan. And so now Ohio State only has five games, and the Big Ten rules that they made at the beginning of the season say you have to have six games in order to qualify for the conference championship. Well, what's the Big Ten going to do? Because their best shot, their only shot, of having a team in the college football playoff is Ohio State, which is still ranked fourth in last night's college football playoff rankings. So is the Big Ten just going to hold fast to its rules and say, no, you can't play in the championship game, but you can play somebody else on the weekend of December 19th and at least get a sixth game? Are they going to alter things so that Ohio State winds up playing Northwestern in that championship game? I don't know. I don't know what the Big Ten is going to do. I can tell you this much. They're going to do something. They're not just going to sit there and say, well, no, Ohio State, you just can't play. And we're going we're gonna to take the chance that we don't get a team into the college football playoff and lose out on that money. We've told you many times on this show, follow the money. And the money points to the Big Ten doing something with the Buckeyes. I don't see how a conference that calls itself the Big Ten that has 14 teams is going to get all caught up in numbers now. So they're not going to sit there and say, well, you didn't make the requisite standard that we set back in September, so I'm sorry, you can't make it. They're going to change the rules, and there's going to be griping and complaining, and that's going to happen, folks. Get ready for it. If you're sitting there as an IU fan saying, well, you know, IU could be in the playoff then because if Ohio State doesn't make it, I use the next team in. That's a wonderful thought to have. But if you think the Big Ten is going to set idle and let all of this pass, you're gravely mistaken. Now, in hindsight, and a lot of and it's not really hindsight because a lot of us were saying it at the time. The Big Ten made a, a Huge mistake delaying its season until the end of October. Because what happened as fall turned into winter? Well, the pandemic got worse. It didn't get better. And so had they played games back in August and September when everybody else started and given themselves some wiggle room so that games that got canceled could be replayed, they probably wouldn't be in this mess right now. So do I feel sorry for the Big Ten? No, because they made this bed. But back to the matter is, 
they're going to adjust the rules to benefit Ohio State. It's going to happen. Your thoughts? Uh, I agree with you. I mean, but I, I go back to, we didn't know, none of us knew what we were doing in September. You know, like, we're still trying to figure this thing out. And, I mean, there's so much at stake, but yet so many of uh, different um, uh Different uh, other teams started playing, and th- things seemed to be going well. And it, you did have wiggle room, like you said. So, yeah, they, they may have not thought that through as well as their other ones. It seems like they were making it you know, like, look at you guys doing this compared right. to us being smart and whatever when it actually worked out for you know the ACC and the other one. But I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a tough one. The bummer is, though, is we're going to bend the rules for the Buckeyes. That That's where I go, okay, that's... Eesh. But backing up to your original statement, you know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 did not have to wait until October, or in the case of the Pac-12, November, to start. They could have seen how it went for the ACC and the Big 12 in those first couple weeks and said, okay, I guess it's working how about we start early October? Yeah. How about we start late September? Because all those kids were there. It's not like they had to bring them in from somewhere. They were all there on campus. They had started working out when the Big Ten pulled the plug on this around the first week of August. So, again, I don't have a whole lot of pity for the Big Ten on this. I get your point. Yes, it's kind of been... Well, you know, we're trying to believe the science. And this gets into a deeper question. Well, the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC had scientists too, and they said it was okay to play. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is we have yet to hear of any on-field transmission of COVID. I've yet to hear about that in the NFL, in the college ranks, and in high schools. Now, that doesn't mean the teams have not had problems with it, but we don't know that it happens from actually playing the games and being on the field. Yeah. So everything else that these teams are doing, they would have been doing anyway. Why not let them play? Well, we'll see how it unfolds. So, and, of course, Michigan and Ohio State not playing. I mean, how many years has that been the game in the Big Ten. But we told you about this a couple weeks ago, right? We told you when Michigan first talked about having COVID cases a couple weeks ago, we said they're going to wind up putting the screws to the Buckeyes one way or another. And they did. And here's the other question up in Michigan right now, and it revolves around Jim Harbaugh. Will he be back as the Michigan head coach And if he returns as the Michigan head coach, will he have to take a pay cut? Because I think that's the only way he's back as the Michigan head coach is if he takes a pay cut. Mm. Because let's face it, this hasn't worked. He hasn't beaten any of their rivals. Michigan State has owned Jim Harbaugh. Ohio State has owned Jim Harbaugh. There's no way the Michigan fandom can make a case for him. It's not to be done. So he either goes to the NFL, where it seems like he has many suitors every year anyway, or he takes a pay cut to stay at Michigan. 
Either way, it's not looking really good right now in Ann Arbor on a lot of fronts. Let's go to high school basketball. Let's switch up here and and move to high school basketball because it was a good night last night for the Notre Dame commit, Blake Wesley. He passed the 1,000-point market for his career. Nice. And Riley, looking pretty good right now. They're 4-0 under Alex Daniel. The former Bethel assistant has come in there, solidified things, and they beat Fort Wayne North last night 73-50. So the Cats are looking good, as are the Elkhart Lions. Kyle Sears' team struggled in the first half last night against Goshen, and then they flipped the switch in the second half, and they wind up whipping the Red Hawks by a count of 63-45. So Elkhart is 3-0. Riley is 4-0. By the way, those two teams meet January 8th at Riley. Might have to put that one into consideration for a 46 game of the week. Might have to. Uh, Also on the boys' side, Penn got a nice win last night. A kid named Joe Smith had eight threes, 28 points. Marcus Burton had 27. And the Kingsmen beat New Prairie 76-60. Other winners around the area, Triton, Culver, Elkhart Christian, Granger Christian, And Marion got a win last night, too. They beat Mishawaka 47-41. So Rob Berger's team uh, bounces back from that loss to Riley last Friday, and they're now 2-1 on the year. We should probably do the girls' side of the basketball. Elliot Foster, 34 points last night for Bremen. That's that's an Aaron Koffel-like performance for Foster last night. They whipped Mishawaka 68-24. Good win for South Bend, Washington. They managed to get past Homestead. In overtime, 56-43. And one of the things I like about Steve Reynolds' team here, they played some defense last night, which is not what the Panthers have always been noted for. They've just been kind of one of those teams that's going to outscore people. Well, they got some defense done last night against the Spartans of Homestead, and they won at 56-43. St. Joe beat Northwood last night, 59-50. They got 23 from Kelly Radigan. Indians are now 4-3 and on the year. And, of course, we've got a huge girls game tomorrow on TV 46. We'll live stream tomorrow, show up Friday night 11, Saturday morning at 9. And that's this game between number one Penn and number 13 Marion. So Penn, big article in the paper today about their point guard, Jordan Smith. She leads them in assists and steals. They have Caitlin Costner, who's going to Ohio State. Trinity Clinton, who's probably another D1 prospect. Jada Patton and Grace Adams have stepped up their games. Christy Kineski is has the best winning percentage of any basketball coach in Indiana history who has played 50 games, who has coached 50 games or more. So you've got this Penn monolith. Oh, and by the way, they've never lost to Marion this century in girls basketball. Now here's Steve Scott and the Marion Knights. They'll come in seven and one. Did not play last night because Culver Academy had the COVID. So they've got a team, younger team, Micaiah Porter, all NIC last year, second highest scoring freshman in the area last year. Nevaeh Foster, all NIC last year, highest scoring freshman in the area last year. Mackenzie Hudgen going to Cal State Northridge, first Marion player ever to get a D1 scholarship on the women's side. They're loaded with talent as well. 
but they're younger and smaller than this Penn team. Can they use their speed, their quickness, and their offensive explosiveness to get past a Penn team that it's made its hallmark on playing terrific defense? That's the matchup tomorrow night that we have for you. We'll live stream it right around 7.30 from the Penn Palace and then show it for you in full Friday night at 11, Saturday morning at 9 on TV 46. What local coach am I thinking of, last name Ulrich? That's Christy Ulrich. She's the Penn girls basketball coach. Okay. She's the one that I was talking about that has the best winning percentage. Were you using a, did you say another name, though, a last her, name? Her maiden name was Kineski. I'm sorry. Christy yes. Kineski Ulrich. Okay. I wanted to make sure I was, because I thought I saw her on the news the other night. I was like, wait a minute. Yep. Got my names mixed up. Or maybe okay. you saw her on the 46 Sports Twitter feed. That's where it was. Was it a Bob Nagel exclusive? Yes, it was. That's right. I did see that. Okay, that's why I got my names mixed up. All right, and that's live tomorrow on all the social medias. All the scores, by the way, you put that on your Facebook page, right? Yes, we do. The 46 Sports Facebook page. Mm -hmm. You can get all the area scores, not every night, but on the bigger nights like Tuesday, Friday, sometimes Saturday when I'm in the mood. Baseball news as we round this episode out. Well, at least the sports part of it. Yes. The White Sox have signed Adam Eaton to be their right fielder. That name sounds familiar. He played with them from 2014 to 2016. He was traded to Washington. And in that trade, the White Sox got a fellow by the name of Lucas Giolito. You may remember him. He was terrific last year for the Sox. (laughs) Well, now they have reacquired Adam Eaton on a free agent deal. One year, $7 million. He'll be the starting right fielder. Adam Eaton has had some productive years. 2020 was not one of them. He only hit 220 last year. But look at the number of players that had huge drop-offs last season in that shortened season due to the pandemic. So the Sox are taking the gamble that Eaton, who in 2019 hit 320, can regain that form and solidify right field for them. And it'll be a a pretty good outfield for the White Sox with Jimenez, Robert, and Eaton. There will be some people out there that can hunt down some fly balls. I was watching some documentary trailers last night, finding something to watch this weekend. I'm going to have some time. I want to get caught up. I like a good documentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a uh, L.A. Dodgers documentary for their winning season. Okay. Narrated by your boy, Vin Scully. Great, Vin Scully. The uh, trailer is more or less a scene from it, not like a great trailer, but uh, it's got, uh, who's the star guy out there? Cody Uh, Bellinger. Give me another name. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. It's a little bit about him, and then it gets they show him out on the mound, and then Vin kicks in, and it's like, oh, I may have to watch this just to hear high-quality narration. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. Be well worth it. Speaking of uh, movies and documentaries, I believe yesterday or two days ago, might have been, the filming of the Hinklefield house scenes of the movie Hoosiers. Oh, they had to get that done one day, and they did. But uh, what a terrific movie. Is that gym still look like that? Yeah, Hinkle Fieldhouse looks very much like that wow. today. That's where Butler University plays its game. So if you ever see a Butler game on TV, you're seeing the place where Hoosiers was made. Don't let them catch it watching the paint dry, boys. Exactly. Gosh, I have to watch that again. Woo, Gene Hackman. My goodness. Jimmy Chitwood. 
I like that scene where he's talking to him and Jimmy's just t- doing the free throws and he's not missing. And then when Gene Hackman walks away after putting down the chip, then he misses the one free throw. It's kind of a nice little metaphor, if you will. I, and I believe, I believe that was one take. Really? No edits, one take. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. Uh, shout out to TJ, the Sports Yak intern uh, by force. I don't know if that was something he actually signed up for. But he gets a credit in my book. Well, he has something that he wants brought up oh. on overrated, underrated. Okay. He suggested that we bring up Pixar films. He says that's a whole new area that we could delve into. Mm-hmm. Now, to a certain extent, I think maybe once the intern is done with his finals, he should maybe come in and, and do a guest hosting run. And maybe you could just do an overrated, underrated you could make a Disney yak that day or something like that. I like where your head's at. As far as Pixar movies, percentage-wise, how many of those have you seen? Uh, I don't know because I don't know how many there are. Mm-hmm. Um, if there were 20. 30%, 40%. Okay. It wouldn't be my strong. Like the one he brought up last night that has had three movies made, How to, how to Build the Perfect Dragon. Yeah. That's not a Pixar movie, TJ. It's a DreamWorks movie. Okay. That's okay. So he wanted evaluations on that, and I can't give them because I haven't seen one of them. Interesting uh, concept, though. I'd love to get into that with him. The first one, in my opinion, TJ, if you're listening right now, the first one is worth watching over and over again. It has that quality to it. Mm -hmm. The next two, great story. Oh, this is what happens next. Do I go back and watch those? No. As the boy gets older within the uh, the storyline, but that first one's pretty great. And they've created, I mean, there's a Netflix series, right? There's holiday series. So let me ask you, how overrated or underrated? Overrated. I think they I think they went to the well too many times. Okay. I think when you have a great franchise idea, Rocky. And then you go back to that punching bag that many times. You you lower the legacy. Okay, well, as long as we're doing that, Toy Story. The as a whole, the as four whole. movies. Man, that is a great, great story. I loved the first three. Number three is my favorite. Really? I love the first three. Number three is my favorite. I was very excited to see number four, which was years later. Mm-hmm. It it just, there's something off about it that just, it didn't chime with me. But I think it made a ton of cash and people love it. I would say painfully overrated. Oh, no. You're really going there. Yeah. You're really going there. Overrated on Toy Story as a whole. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I love the first three. Three is my favorite. Four, I think, kind of popped the balloon. Who hurt you? Who hurt you to make you do that? It was hugs a lot from the third one. Man. <laughs> it was Big Baby. Now, which one is the one where Andy kind of seeds the toy collection? Three. Okay. To the little girl. I just, I'm a puddle. I'm oh. a puddle there. The part where they're sliding down into that melting deal 
where like they yeah. feel like this is the end and they hold hands. That's when I said, I'm going to need a minute. That yeah. was that was rough to watch. But then the giant claw saves them. Spoiler alert. That's where I lost it. No, I, I'd have to go underrated. I, I just I, I don't see any way you could possibly overrate this franchise. You've got Hanks and Allen. You throw in Rickles as Potato Head. You throw in John Ratzenberger. Any shout out to Joan Cusack as Jesse? Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Wow. But how about the replacement of Ernest mid movie because he had passed away the yeah. slinky dog. Yeah. Well, and then um Kelsey Grammer mm-hmm. as as the evil toy, the uh, old miner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean Wayne Knight is the toy guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The casting on it is phenomenal. Perfect. Uh the stories are terrific. I'm sorry. You're wrong on this one. Uh oh. You the line you are dead wrong. Has been drawn in on the sand. One. All right. Uh finally and I've got one. Okay. Do you do you have one more? I, I do and it's an athlete, but go ahead. Let me sneak this one in. The Apple iPhone. Underrated or overrated? I see a lot of commercials. We got Hulu for a while for a buck ninety nine, mm-hmm. and because you get it so cheap, you get to watch ninety seconds of commercials. Yeah, and I see this iPhone twelve and the iPhone twelve mini. You know the new whatever. I think we're one behind. I'm about five, but that's you're okay. about five I'm, behind. And, are you really? And you know what? I'm happy with that. Yeah. Here's the thing. I understand they want to make money. Yes. I get that. That'll happen in a capitalistic society. You want to make money, so you come out with new versions mm-hmm. every year. That said, if I find a version that I'm happy with, you're going to stick with it, and it's working for me. Why would I want to spend money? This is fine. What I have right here does now, it do any? Does it not do anything that you wish it would do? I, maybe I'm. I, I know that I'm more simple as a person. Than most of the people Apple is going after. Right. So honestly, I'm fine that I can talk on it, text on it, run Google on it, or, you know, whatever your browser is. Yes. Look up information on the internet and edit videos for 46 sports. I think they ought to change the name because the thing I do the least is talk on it. Sure. I use it as a computer. Well, that's what. I think that's what most people use it for. Yeah. I mean, goodness knows the kids today don't talk on it. No. They text or Snapchat uh-huh. or whatever. Uh, I know very few people, one exception perhaps, that talk on the phone a lot. <laughs> oh, if we had a visual just now, that would have been delightful. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of the podcast is it's pure radio. Are you going overrated then? Uh, I would go overrated, yeah. Okay. What well, about you? I would say right down the middle. I am I am much like you where I do like the fancy new toys, uh, but I just want it to be able to do what I want it to do. Do I, I mean, need the fancy new one? No, I'm not no. that person at all. But I do, I do not like being behind the eight ball with technology. 
Like, I get afraid for folks that have the five that need an upgrade, or there's yeah. a time when Apple's going to be like, we don't upgrade that anymore. Well, that and that's true. I realize I may run into that at some point. Yeah. But... Like, you're I, using the Windows 98 of phones. Not yeah. you, not you. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, some people would need to... They need to update their phones. I know they hate technology, but it's like, come on, come on along. It'll be fine. Do I have to get my BlackBerry updated? I miss that phone. I had a BlackBerry in 08. Mm-hmm. That's when I switched to iPhone. But I like that BlackBerry. It was a nice phone. I did too. It was maroon. Had a nice big screen on it. What about the flip phone? Can we still go flip phone? I miss the Nextel phone with like the walkie-talkie on the side. Did you ever Ooh, have one of those? No, but I I was jealous of those who did. Yeah. I was on staff at a business that that was your work phone, mm-hmm. and we talked to each other like walkie-talkies. Oh, it was like Josh Bashkin in, in big. Well, because, honestly, the walkie-talkie when we were kids, oh. what was cooler? Yeah. You could be across the neighborhood, yeah. the backyard, running secret mission. <laughs> Quick updates on sports. Hey, what's going on here with the Cubs? Well, that's how all secret missions were run, mm-hmm. with walkie-talkies. Now, secret missions are run within, like, Walmart and Target. They all have those. <laughs> yes, they They're do. They're talking into their shoulders all the time mm-hmm. over here. And on concert tours. we got to get that backstage. All right, who's your athlete for overrated, underrated? And, and, and I understand that this is not going to be someone that you're really in tune to. Okay. So this is this is more for me than it is for you. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Uh, Wednesday marked the passing of Dick Allen. Okay. Dick Allen was the 1972 MVP for the for the American League. He played for the Chicago White Sox at that time. He started his career with the Philadelphia Phillies and ran into all kinds of racial problems in Philadelphia. And they basically ran him out of town. Traded him to the Cardinals, played there for a year, put up good numbers, but the Cardinals didn't do well. So they got they said, well, he must be the problem. So the Cardinals then traded him to the Dodgers, and he played there for a year, but the Dodgers had a first baseman coming up named Steve Garvey. So they didn't need him anymore. So they traded him to the White Sox. And the White Sox... Man, this guy, you had Dick Allen at first base and Bill Melton at third base. So you had power for your corner-hitting outfielders. And Dick Allen, he was hitting moonshots well before there were steroids or anything. And he wasn't a, he wasn't a huge guy. He was 5'11", 190 pounds. But, man, was he strong. He was just chiseled. And... Uh, I apologize for anybody who might be offended by the term. I think he was one of the original badasses in Major League Baseball. And as a kid, you just watched him play. And they would take shots. He'd, he'd light up a heater in the dugout. He'd be smoking a ciggy in the dugout. That wasn't unusual in those days. And there's a great Sports Illustrated cover where Dick Allen is juggling baseballs in the old White Sox white pinstripes and smoking a cigarette at the same time. And this was a guy that I just don't think was appreciated. And because people said he was stubborn, I think if you look back with perspective at the time, he was one of the, he was one of the black athletes of the 60s who stood up to 
a white conservative culture in ownership that had not adjusted yet, that had not adjusted to the black athlete and some of the culture that they brought to the table. And so Dick Allen's career numbers are not going to be the kind of numbers that get your entire attention Mm -hmm. because his career was cut short and a lot of times he didn't play because managers didn't like him or general managers didn't like him and so they moved him around a lot. But if you look at Dick Allen's numbers through the through the sphere of analytics, like what he was like compared to his peers, he was one of the great ball players of a great era between 1964 and 76. The Phillies finally retired his number. And they interviewed the owner of the Phillies when Dick Allen died. And he says, there's two events I'll always remember as the owner of the Phillies. Winning the 2008 World Series championship and retiring Dick Allen's number. But if I had to prioritize them, I'd put retiring Dick Allen's number first because it feels like I righted a wrong for this city. Hmm. Wow. I mean, just an incredible player. And I would say vastly underrated uh, in terms of how he was perceived. You also have to understand at the time when he was playing in Philadelphia, all the sports writers in Philadelphia were white. And they were all tied in with management. They were basically puppets of the ball club. Yeah. So if the management didn't like Dick Allen, the sports writers didn't like Dick Allen. And there were some nasty things written and said about that man. Mm. There's a great editorial tribute cartoon in the Philadelphia Inquirer this morning, and it's St. Peter in heaven with a baseball glove, and there is a home run heading his way, and the baseball says Dick Allen on it. Yeah. Steve Stone had a great tweet the other day talking about Dick Allen because they were teammates in, I think, 74 on the White Sox. And he says, we're playing Baltimore one night, and Mike Cuellar is on the mound for Baltimore. And Dick Allen says, Mike Cuellar is going to start me off with a slow curve, and that slow curve is going to go over the roof of the ballpark. And sure enough, Dick Allen goes to the plate, Mike Cuellar throws him a slow curve, and it goes over the roof of the ballpark. How about that? <laughs> Did he give Steve Stone a, uh-huh? He didn't need to. He's Dick <laughs> Allen. By the way, episode 266, you said badass. Yeah, I did. I just want to make that for our notes. That's fine. It was delightful. It was well said. You've said it now, too. Is there a documentary on this guy? Is there a you know, there, something we could watch? There, there. There isn't really a documentary on him. I'm sure that in the last couple of days, places like ESPN or the... I know The Athletic had a good piece on him. Um, just quite a history. Do yourself a little favor and do some homework on yeah. Dick Allen. I will d- indeed do that. Uh, just for the record, you're going underrated? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make absolute sure. Yeah. All right, sports fans, sports yak fans, all three of you, if there is one. Hey, now. That's this episode, 266. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast outlet so you never miss another badass episode, much like today's. Now, you're on the Twitter machine, aren't you? At my name is Corey. Can you access your Twitter machine from your iPhone? I can. Yeah. And I will. Do you? 
I do. I do. <laughs> I do. Sports app with two Ks, you're on there as well. Yeah, at 46 Sports, I occasionally throw something. Got a few things up yeah. your sleeve. Yeah. All right. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga heater from Van Meter. And uh, hats off to Dick Allen. Yeah. Badass. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc at parker our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.